What's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, March 31st, 2023. Three, three. What's going on? How are you? And this is my show, Quinn David Furness presents Cast. We are coming to you live from the north side of Chicago, where we are one of the top 500 podcasts in the metro area, and we are on Tornado here i got a good view i'm like jimmy stewart and rear window over here uh crazy temperature swings it was winter yesterday and uh, right now it's about 62 degrees outside very muggy very windy and the uh the the funnel clouds are looming so we're gonna be we might have to hunker down and bunker down at any point on this live recording here so you're just gonna have to bear for a couple years or days or at least uh my name the creator and the uh, showrunner for this fine program. We are the 112th ranked comedy program or podcast, I guess. More of an experience than just a podcast, audio, visual, uh, smell, vision, all that good stuff. Hello to our friends in Karachi, Hyderabad, Hyderabad, Hyderabad. Uh, New Delhi, Calcutta, wherever you're listening from, thank you for making us the 112th ranked program, comedy program, just for laughs, in the great nation of Pakistan. Uh, Opening day here at Wrigley Field was yesterday. Uh, Big Cubs victory, 4-0 over the visiting Brewers. I guess they had too too much Miller High Life before getting started yesterday Craig Council couldn't rally the troops and some interesting I, I'll share I'll pass along with Hall of Fame broadcaster Pat Hughes passed along yesterday I was listening to the game well first I was watching it a little bit and then I went for my run and I now that I have these fancy new airpods from Rachel I found this app that lets me listen to 670 the score live on my runs and so I was running down Lakeshore Drive yesterday alongside of it listening to my game and of course if you follow the games you know the Cubs scored all four of their runs in the bottom of the third on a couple singles and that was all the score in the entire game anyways as they they continued to score because they were playing small ball there were errors there were walks there were singles when they finally got to their fourth run I did my little Kirk Gibson kind of you know I don't know what this motion is, but kind of arm pull, basically, as he's rounding the bases after the pinch hit home run in the World Series for the Dodgers. That's what I was doing because it was just felt so good for baseball to be back, not only for baseball to be back, but you're beating up on your your one of your rivals here, the Brewers. And it was just, it was an exciting day, even though it was winter weather. But the, the trivia that Pat Hughes passed along, I thought was interesting. This well, there's a couple of things, not a not not necessarily trivia, but just interesting facts. This apparently was the only the fourth time the Cubs and Brewers had played uh, on opening day before. And I know the Brewers have only been around since what, like the '60s or something. But uh, still, you know, probably sixty sixty ish years, let's say that you know these two franchises have have both been around. It was kind of surprising to me that it's only the fourth time uh, that they played on opening day. And then some other, you know, uh, Pat reminded me of the first time they played on opening day, or maybe it was the first I remember, but it was 15 years ago on opening day, a game I remember very well. I think I was watching it in my basement on WGN or something. I guess I would have been 13, which is like 
prime Quinn Cubs fandom, and it was a 0-0 zero zero game at Wrigley going into the top of the ninth when the Brewers played it three runs, only for the bottom of the ninth to come around. Eric Gagne, G-A-G-N-E, hardcore fans, Dodgers and Brewers fans, and any you know fan of great relief pitching in general will remember uh, that Eric Gagne came on for the save and gave up a three-run homer to Cubs legend on his in his first ever Major League Baseball game, Kosuke Fukudome. What, I think he wore 11? Is that right? I can't. Something like that. Uh, Kosuke nailed, launched one onto uh, Sheffield in right field to tie the game, only to be one-upped in the top of the 10th by, and this was kind of Pat's trivia question, he said, uh, you know this this Brewer hit a a pinch pinch hit double to put the Brewers ahead by one, and they would end up to go on and win the game. Which you know, so not a Cubs victory or anything on opening day. But the trivia question was this: you know, the Brewer who hit that game winning double was in uniform yesterday for the Brewers, which I could kind of pick up on what he was getting at based off of his phrasing right away, and I knew the answer. But I did take uh, color man Ron Coomer about. 15, 20 seconds to really think of it. Of course, it can't be a current player. Uh, it's very rare these days to have MLB players who have 15-year careers. Uh, I mean, there's only, what, Pujols retired last year. He was around for probably close to 20. Um, yeah, I mean, just about 20 probably. Uh, other than that, I mean, I can't even think of anyone who's been around for you know 15 years at this point. I guess I think Yadier Molina retired last year too. Other than that, it's really, uh, I can't even think of guys who have been around that long. The answer was Craig Council, who has been the Brewers manager for probably about 10 years at this point, maybe not quite that long, probably like eight or nine years though. So Craig Council, um, also famous for scoring the winning run, I believe, the walk-off winning run for this team in game seven. This is not going to be our official trivia question, I promise. But Craig Council, we're just if you're a fan of baseball or a fan of trivia or better yet both, you're going to love this show. It's all about opening day today. Craig Council, and this is just off the top of my head, scored the winning run uh, on a single, on a bloop single by Luis Gonzalez for this team. It was their first and only uh, up to this point World Series appearance slash victory. It was off Mariano Rivera on the bottom of the ninth. And uh, the team was managed by Bob Brenly, who would then go on to be a color commentator for the Cubs for a hot second with Chip Carey. And then he's now color guy for the Giants, I think. But he's kind of a nut job. He says some really not uh, PC things. So the answer, in case you haven't figured it out yet, was the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kind of like the Miami Marlins, they just started off right away and casually won a World Series. The Marlins finally broke that crazy streak they had where up until a couple years ago, they had only been to the playoffs twice in their franchise history, 97 and 2003, and both times they had won the World Series um, in their only ever playoff appearances, not World Series appearances, playoff appearances. That finally got snapped. It was like 2018 or something um, when MLB first kind of started experimenting with the, or maybe it was even like 2020, MLB started experimenting with the like three game playoff series that they do now. 
and I don't remember all the like things they did with COVID and, and whatnot, but the Cubs played the Marlins. The Cubs, it was a just ridiculous thing. The Cubs still had their core together. They were a much better team, and they just got swept by the Marlins, who were like this random-ass wildcard team. Um, but the Marlins did not advance any further. That reminds me, we should let you know that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. So what we're going to be doing today is a little bit of uh, we've got a palindrome of the day, and then we've got some opening day trivia for you, and then we're going to be doing a quick rundown to let you know for all the, the ball heads out there who are interested in visiting some stadiums to what, catch some games this summer, but you also want to try out some new foods, right? So we're going to be giving you a rundown of some of the new foods uh, in baseball this year at their stadiums. Uh, we're going to a game at Wrigley on Sunday. So the, there is no game today. There was opening day was yesterday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday. So they got the day off, but we're going to be going uh, Sunday to Wrigley. And then I haven't bought tickets yet, but I'm actually going to be in San Diego uh, the weekend after, after Memorial day for a conference. And it's like Wednesday to Saturday kind of thing. And the Cubs are in town Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm think I'm going to go uh, Friday night to Petco park. Uh, Cause I'm just staying about five, seven minute walk from there. It should work out perfectly. We'll see how ticket prices are. The Padres are expected to be very, very good this year. We'll see. They went all in, if you will, uh, in the off season. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's go ahead and get us started with our palindrome of the day. And I figured we're going to be talking ballpark foods. Let's do another food palindrome. So last week was evil olive. We're going to keep up that food theme today. Our palindrome of the day a nut for a jar of tuna. A nut for a jar of tuna. Doesn't really make sense, doesn't really mean anything, but it's a palindrome, and that's all it takes on today's uh, or on uh, my show, Quinn David Furness Presents the Beantown Podcast. So there you go. There's your palindrome of the day. We're still eventually one of these days, maybe in like year 50 or something, when we're advanced enough with our technology, we can have a, you know, palindrome of the day jingle and drops and sound effects and all that great stuff so look you have that to look forward to on the next uh, couple years in the next couple of years if you will speaking of next couple years i still have our beantown podcast stickers i think i'll be able to distribute them to a lot of uh, family and stuff when we see them uh, for uh, brother of the podcast, Walter Furness's PhD. Uh, I don't know if it's a graduation or a crowning or a ceremony or what the, what you would call it, but we're gonna you know be getting together for that. So you have that to look forward to. Also, just yesterday, I bought flights to Beantown, if you can believe it. A very quick, uh, let's call it like a thirty-hour trip or so. Uh, a very expensive thirty-hour trip. Um, Two hundred fifty-two dollars for the cheap flights now to Beantown for a cousin of the weddings, uh, wedding ceremony. He's already, he's been married for like a year, but now they're doing like the gathering of life celebration, if you will. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Okay. Let's get into some of our foods here. We'll start off with the American league and then we'll say thank you to our sponsors. We'll go to the national league and we'll finish up with some, uh, trivia that I think the baseball heads will like, but I think the president heads are going to like this as well. So, we're just going down the list. This is an article from Good Morning America. I had to decide as I was preparing extensively for today's episode if I wanted to just pick out a couple or if we just wanted to kind of go down the line. And I decided we're just going to go down the line. We don't have to ruminate extensively 
on something if it's not that exciting. So here we go. We're starting off with Yankee Stadium, the 99 burger. And I, you know, if you're looking at the image here, you could follow along. If you go to Good Morning America, you want to from March 30th, there's a new article titled new food and drinks hitting ballpark menus around MLB stadiums on opening day. So first up is the 99 burger. It's inspired, of course, by Aaron Judge, who won uh, AL MVP last year. He set the American League record for most home runs in a season, which is pretty wild. So it looks it's a burger. It's got maybe two patties, some bacon, some cheese on top, and then some pickles on the bottom and a pretty standard-looking bun. It's got a, a flag that says 99 on it coming out the top. And, yeah, caramelized onions, American cheese, new-school American cheese. Okay, none of that classic crap. Secret sauce, a brioche bun, and dill, pickles, lettuce, and tomato upon request. They'll sell a maximum of 99 of these burgers per game. So get to the park early to try a taste. That's one of those things where I'm all about gimmicks and having fun. Uh, but what I don't understand is you got a pretty basic burger like this. There's nothing too crazy about it. It's not like you. Uh, it's not like there's a bar of gold inside or something. And you're setting a cap on yourself saying we're only going to sell 99 of these. What about that poor kid who gets to the ballpark, you know, half an hour late because his subway was delayed? Uh, he lives all the way up on, you know, 247th Street near Yonkers. He's got to try to catch a subway down to the Bronx, and uh, he's the 100th customer. So shame on you, Yankee Stadium. I, You know, it's silly, but I would actually be pissed off if I, like, you know, Yankee Stadium's an expensive experience just getting inside. Um. I would be bummed out if I was not able to get my 99 burger. And there's also, you know, they got this cool promotional image here. There's no word or mention of whether or not they all come with a cool flag coming off the top. So that's a that seems like, you know, scam marketing if, if that's not true. Elsewhere, there's two other things that Yankee Stadium has. I guess they needed a big revamp. This one's called the Chopped Cheese. The stadium is also serving up this New York classic on a sesame hero with shredded iceberg, tomato, pink sauce, chopped ground beef, and American cheese. So it's it's a a hero bun. So like a you know like you're buying a sandwich at Subway or something, and uh, it's got sesame seeds on it, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen bread like that before. It's basically like a Philly cheesesteak, but it's got some you know tomatoes on it, and instead of uh, you know, shredded steak or how not shredded, but however you want to label that steak of some kind, uh, it's, it's uh, chopped ground beef. So I guess pretty similar, but it looks fine. It looks like one of those things where it could be really hit or miss. Like if you get a fresh batch, it would be really good. But if not, it could be rough. The last thing in American, uh, or Yankee stadium is the Bronx burrito. They got an image of it kind of sliced in half, one half stacked on top of the other. So you can see inside, Looks like we got some rice in here. Well, it just looks like a pretty basic burrito. It's just uh, beef, rice, beans, cheddar, salsa, and chipotle mayo. And they're served with Melinda's hot sauce. I don't know Melinda. Uh, I don't know if she's a Bronx classic or, a, or what. But she's got her own hot sauce. By the way, we're sipping on our Dunkin' iced coffee. Rachel downloaded the Dunkin' app for the first time this week. And she wanted to take advantage of her uh, March offers before they expire at the end of today. One of them is free cold brew with any uh, purchase when you order ahead. And uh, those cold brews at Dunkin' are pretty good. So I got a little medium iced coffee myself, and Rachel had her medium cold brew. 
All right, back to back to business here. Houston Astros Minute Maid Park. No one likes the Astros. There's not even an image here, so this is all it says. And I don't know how to pronounce this. Pupusa. I think I've heard of that before, but I don't really know anything about it. P U P U S A. Um, that's uh, that's what we're dealing with here. Pupusa. Um, a pupusa hot dog. A jalapeno and cheddar sausage is blanketed inside of a cheesy griddles cornmeal cake. So it's basically a sausage inside of a cor- inside of cornmeal. So I don't know. Is that like the same thing as is that like a, a corn dog? I'm not exactly sure what we're looking at here. Unfortunately, we don't even have. Um, an image to be able to, you know, explain it very clearly. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. But that's the Pupusa hot dog, and that can be found at Minute Maid Park. Plowing ahead here, we go to the Pacific Northwest. Staying in the AOS, we go to T-Mobile Park. Used to be Safeco, where the Mariners play. Mariners going to the playoffs last year for the first time since, uh, what, 2000, when they broke the... AL record for most wins in a season was at Ichiro's rookie MVP campaign, which is just insane. So this looks, I'm not going to lie, this looks like the best thing I've seen by far so far. It's called the Chick Chick Boom. It's uh, basically, imagine just the whitest hamburger bun you can imagine with a lot of butter seared on the, the flat top. And it's got a nice chicken kind of patty, some lettuce, tomato and it's just overflowing with this kind of chipotle mayo so it's the all right the right field location as the first all emoji menu where fans can grab some chicken tenders waffle fries with bottled water or garlic waffle fries they had the emojis and they have the text uh, which is helpful because I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at emoji wise Uh, it's from the culinary institute of america alum Chef, executive chef Javier Rosa, Javier Rosa created a new brand of mind-blown sauce. That's what the sauce is. Looks pretty good. Those waffle fries got some, like a sprig of mint on top of it. Looks pretty good. There's this other one here called the Cal Zone. Two words, Cal and Zone. Uh, so this is from renowned Seattle chef Ethan Stoll. It's basically uh, pizza... Well, no, it's a calzone, but it's got it's got those nice like crispy air bubbles on the outside. Looks pretty, pretty dang good. All right, we go down to Texas Globe Life Field in Arlington, where the Rangers play. And let's see. Oh, we got this gigantic thing here. It's called the Boomstick Burger, but it's like a hoagie sandwich-looking thing. It doesn't look like a round burger. It's got onion rings on top. It's a oh okay. Here we go. This brand new take on the stadium's iconic two-foot-long hot dog features a two-foot Nolan Ryan beef patty topped with Texas Chili Company chili, Rico's nacho cheese and jalapenos, and crisp onion rings served on a fresh-baked brioche bun. Designed to feed up to four people, the massive meal goes for $34.99 in Section 132, which sounds crazy until you realize, and I maybe we'll get to this. I haven't read this whole article yet. But uh, there's a, the, the big new thing at Wrigley this year is the uh, commemorative beer bat. It's a 26-ouncer, 20, and apparently it's $38. But I think it's just made out of plastic. It's not like glass or anything, obviously. So 
you're getting 26 ounces of beer, old style, mind you, not like a 12% day shoots abyss or something. That would be crazy. Imagine drinking one of those on a hot day in the bleachers in direct sunlight. Oh, man, you would just be, you'd be done by the fourth inning. So this Boomstick Burger, yeah, it's two feet long. It's not a hot dog. It's a beef patty. That's just crazy. That's, uh, they say designed to feed up to four people, but I could I could go for it myself. Uh, this other one looks like something you might find on the Dunkin' Donuts breakfast menu. It's a brisket croissant. There's not really much more to say about that. It's a... It's a it's a brisket croissant, uh, topped with sweet baby raised donut style glaze for nine ninety nine. There you go. All right, we go out to Oakland, which apparently still has a baseball team. I read somewhere that their payroll this year is the same as it was like twenty five, thirty years ago when they led the league in payroll. Considering the way the sport has gone, considering inflation, that's absolutely wild. It's like, you know, it's like 20 million, something like that, 40 million maybe. Okay, so we got we have no pictures here for Oakland. It just says the Coliseum has a few new offerings for fans, like Burt Ends Brisk Burt Ends Burt Reynolds, Burt Ends <clears throat> Brisket Sandwich, Oaktown Barbecue Sliders, a strawberry churro shortcake parfait. And adult-only beverages like the new Swingin' A's slushy margarita named in honor of the team. I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of the whole like alcoholic slushy thing. It just tends to be so sweet. You don't even really taste any alcohol, which sometimes you, you want an alcoholic beverage that isn't super alcoholic, but it's just kind of like, I don't know, they're usually super expensive. We were at... Uh, we were at brunch actually with uh, with Betty and Jose on Sunday after the Shamrock Shuffle, which went very well. Thanks for asking. Um, and we were at this, you know, kind of fancier upscale restaurant that had a, a weekend brunch. And if you ordered, you know, brunch or whatever, it came with one uh, boozy uh, breakfast cocktail, if you will. And they didn't have they they had sangria. They didn't have a, any sort of mimosa. They had a Bloody Mary. But one of the other ones was just like a breakfast slushy or just a regular slushy. I don't really know. But it's like, who's ordering? And this was specifically the brunch cocktails. It's like, who's ordering a slushy at brunch? I don't know. It's like, I feel like it'd have to be a kid to do that. But again, I wouldn't be 21. So I don't know. Let's go north of the border here to the Rogers Center. I took some pictures outside of the Rogers Center uh, back in September last time I was in Toronto. This looks good. It doesn't look any like anything that innovative, to be honest, but it's the poutine hot dog. The stadium has a new hot dog headquarters called the Schneider's Porch, and one new item available throughout the park are these hash brown potato, cheese curds, and gravy-smothered hot dogs. So they have an image from Twitter. It looks like a very basic hot dog with gravy, potatoes, and cheese on top. I got to tell you, it doesn't. maybe it's just not excuse me, that appetizing in general, but it doesn't look like anything that special. And I'll say this, I'm a huge poutine fan, but I don't know if I would want to throw it on a hot dog. It just kind of seems like between the potatoes and the cheese or potatoes and like the gravy and then the, 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 you know, white bun, it's just a lot of like starch, I guess that might be kind of tough for me to guzzle down. All right, that's it for the American League, apparently. Let's say thank you to our sponsors before we go national and do our opening day trivia to round things out today. 
Let's say hello to our friends at uh, Home Pride Oregon. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you're going to want to call someone who's safe, certified, someone that you can trust. You're going to want to call my dad, Steve. He's doubly insured. If he messes up, they'll you know, buy your home for free, essentially. Um, and so when you uh, need someone who is reliable, someone who will call you back, right? No one ever calls you back these days. It's a big problem. Uh, he might be a little bit busy driving through Oklahoma currently, but I tell you what, when he gets back to uh, the Pacific Northwest, he'll take care of you. Call 541-410-0316, ask for Steve, or leave a message. Again, that's 541-410-0316, or you can visit HomePrideOregon.com. HomePrideOregon Inspection Perfection. I also want to give a big shout out to the Samson Q2U series for its never wavering, crisp, clear, and clean audio quality from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and any of those Corinthians. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. And then, of course, our good friends, the Cuts by Q Barbershop Boutique experience, if you will. Again, everything's got to be an experience these days. I'm um, going to do a little neck shave later, probably probably getting a little bit close to like touch up time. I don't know if that will happen before we go to Mexico or not. That's another thing that's coming up and just like, well, we got our Easter show next week, which is always a big hit, but we've got, um, we've got a Mexico trip coming up. I don't know. We do a Beantown podcast from outside of the country. I don't know if that's happened before. We've definitely teased it and I've been outside of the country recently, but I don't know. We're going to see what happens. It could be good. It's a, it's a wraparound Thursday to Tuesday kind of experience, so it would fit right in. We'll see. Uh, I don't know how we got off track with that, but cuts by Q. Oh, yeah, that's that's where we were. When you need a fresh do, something snappy or new, call the experts at cuts by Q. All right, we got to move things ahead here. I'm on the uh, the secondary laptop today, and we're down to 29%, and it's got all of our good GMA articles on it. Okay, so these are new stadium foods around the National League starting, uh, oh, speaking of the Mets, as we're going to start in City Field, I saw a uh, George Santos Go Mets, essentially, video that he posted yesterday for opening day. It was like 12 seconds, but someone said it was so weird, it was like watching a new shape be invented, which... There isn't there isn't really anything in the video itself that you know like makes you think that it's just a very funny way of kind of describing George Santos and it seemed very uh, just on the nose very appropriate that dude is so weird it's so strange to me that like it's very clear it's not like oh there's some sort of scandal like maybe he lied about this maybe he wasn't telling the whole truth it's just like very clear that he is just straight up misled the American people on so many different things and he doesn't really seem to care or show any sort of, uh, remorse or, uh, what's the word? Not attrition petition, something like that. But it's just wild that he's just casually serving as a congressman now after all of that stuff. It's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to everyone else too. I'm not the first one to say it, but he made a really cringe, cringy, I guess the, it's cringy to just say cringy now. You have to say cringe video. So now we hope the Mets go 0 and 162 after that. All right, new at City Field. You're going to really want to see the image for this one. This is from at Matt Monaghan, M O N A G A N, on Twitter. New at City Field is this dessert masterpiece milkshake 
topped with glazed donut, topped with popcorn, courtesy of Sunday Donut. So essentially, from bottom up here, we got maybe like a 12, 14-ounce cup with milkshake in it. And around the rim, but not just the rim, but like a solid, like almost half of the cup are uh, Mets color sprinkles, orange and blue and white. And then on top of that, you got just like a pretty classic, like glazed old fashioned donut, it looks like. And then what looks to be like caramel popcorn on top kind of stuck together with like a caramel glaze on it and then a straw. That's one of those things that never really had that type of milkshake or that type of dessert before because I love sweet things, but I think if I had the popcorn and the donut and the milkshake and the sprinkles, uh, I don't know what would happen. I think my heart rate would get dangerously high. So that's the donut popcorn milkshake. Also, there's no, oh, no image for this, but also at City Field this year, the Chitty's cheesesteak. There's a reason Chitty's was named the best cheesesteak on all of Long Island. The cheese oozes out of the bun. The steak smells fresh off the grill and the peppers add a jolt of flavor. You need to round out a sandwich. You may have always thought the best cheesesteaks are just on I-95, but Chitty's might prove otherwise. They even say so on their website. So that's kind of lame. They didn't really tell me anything about the um, sandwich itself. Okay, we go uh, we, to a place we've already mentioned all the way across the country here to Petco where the Padres play. Two new items, no pictures, unfortunately. Mexican street corn. Uh, so let's see. I think we all understand what Mexican street corn is. Essentially, there's just some different toppings, cilantro, lime, cotija, tahin. I don't know what tahin is. Let's look it up. Let's all learn something new, okay? Let's learn something new on the Beantown Podcast today. Tahin, tahini. I've heard of tahini, but is that tahin? Tahin Classico. Oh, it's the name of the brand. It's chili lime seasoning. Okay, it's got the Mexican flag colors on it. So that's, uh, oh, you could also have Pop Rocks on it, which would be crazy. Also in San Diego this year, the Hawaiian Short Rib Bowl. Petco Park also had a new Pacific-inspired concept at the Kona Big Wave Patio. It's section 227. I might have to try that when I'm out there. That sounds good. And partnered with Brant Beef to serve marinated beef with steamed rice, green onions, pickled daikon. Daikon? How do you say that? D-A-I-K-O-N. That's something that I've like seen or heard in cooking shows before, but I don't know what it is. And carrots. Okay, some other stuff. All right, we go up to San Francisco Oracle Park. All right, these are crab fries. Sounds like something you'd get uh, in uh, Cameron Yards, but no, it's Sandy, uh, San Francisco. This twist on classic ballpark fare is made with Old Bay seasoned waffle fries topped with Dungeness crab, a very spooky-sounding crab, smothered in garlic, lemon, aioli, and sprinkled with fresh chives. If you're curious, that's in section 122. Uh, Miami, known for always doing weird stuff. They have that ugly-ass stadium. Lone Depot Park, it's called now. The Cubano Gigante, the 34-inch, 2.5-pound sandwich is served on locally sourced Cuban bread and filled with 12-hour in-house roasted pork, marinated in a homemade mojo. I don't know what that is. And layered with ham, mustard, Swiss, cheese, pickles, and special sauce. It can only be found at Lone Depot Park. They got a picture of it. There's three current Marlins, presumably, although no one anywhere outside of South Florida could name any current Marlins players. They're holding it up. And, yeah, it's uh, 34 inches. That's pretty pretty cool. Uh, guaranteed rate field. Oh, God, I don't know what this is. This is my first time seeing this. This is not pretty. Uh, they said we were going to the National League, didn't they? And now we're getting the White Sox? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Good morning, America. You guys, you guys shit the bet on this one. So this is an article detailing National League team new foods, and we have the Chicago White Sox. So smooth moves. 
All right, before I even see what the title of this is, I'll just describe to you what I'm seeing in this image. I see what is probably a foot-long hot dog, very small, very thin, on what appears to be a slice of either super thin bread, like one slice, it's just sitting on top of it, or like a slice of thick Munster cheese. There appear to be some onions on top, and... The whole hot dog is drizzled with what may be like a spicy brown mustard, but again, very thin. So the bread itself only covers like the middle 50%. Or the the hot dog rests on this small slice of bread. It's not even like really folded over. It's just sitting on top, but it's not like a bun that extends from end to end. It only covers the middle portion of the dog. So all (laughs) very short write-up. The champagne of dogs is what it's called. A new half-pound Vienna beef footlong frank is served on a brioche bun topped with champagne, Vidalia reddish, and habanero mustard. So it's pretty much exactly what I described. I don't understand this brioche bun because I'm not lying. You have one-third of the hot dog sticking out. Then the second third is on top of this bun, I guess. And then the final third is sticking out again. I guess that's just supposed to be a regular hot dog bun. It doesn't really look like it, though. Maybe it's just bad image quality. All right, going down to Atlanta. Oh, this this looks just ridiculously good. The cleanup burger, and apparently this is our last one here. So the cleanup burger, which this article is is dumb because Wrigley's got some new stuff too, uh, not listed on here. So inaccurate, uh, not well, semi inaccurate. Calling the White Sox a National League team and uh, incomplete results. Finally, here in Atlanta, the cleanup burger made to serve up to four hungry fans. This burger is made with four grilled all-beef patties topped with golden hash brown potatoes, hickory smoked bacon, cheese, and a sunny-side-up fried egg served on buttermilk Belgian waffle on a buttermilk Belgian waffle with maple syrup. Uh, and if you're curious, yeah, it looks it looks pretty dang tasty. It's got the waffles has like a hole in the middle that they got fries coming out of. Uh, I don't know if they throw syrup on that as well. That sounds kind of sticky, but there you go. There, Those are some of the top foods in baseball, top new foods in baseball this year. Check it out wherever you go. If you are you know, find yourself at Petco or uh, you want to get a $38.26 beer, $26 beer, uh, a Wrigley out of a plastic bat, you can do that. Whatever you want to do, Make sure you let us know about it. You can email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Or you can uh, tweet at us. The show is at beantowncast. I am at white buns with a Z. You can take some great pictures of ballpark food this summer. And uh, we'll share it on our website, on our socials, all that good stuff. Okay, we're going to wrap up today's show with another trivia question, as we often do. Uh, Like we've been spending the first 30 minutes on, this is going to be opening day theme, but we'll add a little bit of history in as well. Okay, so this is going to be, it's going to be a a one question, and then there'll be some kind of bonus uh, answers, if you will. But the bonus answers are a different kind of question, if you will. They're not like secondary answers to the original question. So... If you're a history buff, if you know your president, your U.S. presidents in your years, this will be a a cakewalk for you, but I trust or I suspect that not everyone listening knows their exact dates, nor did I. Uh, If you had asked me this before I looked at it, uh, I probably would have, I think I could have got this uh, just by uh, narrowing some things down, and I'll let you in on 
how I think about this uh, years wise before we dig into it here. But uh, here we go. So who threw the first first pitch? So on the first day of the 1910 season, this president became the first president to throw the ceremonial first pitch. And I don't know exactly if this is the first first pitch ever or if this is the first time a president, a sitting president has done it. Um, I think it's saying that this is the first time there was ever a ceremonial first pitch. So I don't know where it was exactly. Let's see if we, it's hyperlinked here. So let's expand this out. But again, we're looking for 1910. Who was the first president to throw the ceremonial first pitch? And we're taking this from history.com. And it says, although the ceremony surrounding baseball's opening day have been around since at least 1890, it took 20 years for the commander-in-chief to become part of the tradition. The first sitting president to throw a pitch was blank. Okay, yada, yada, yada. So uh, some some more insight into this before we reveal our answer. President Tap. oh, I just gave it away. God damn it. All right, well, there you go. The answer, in case you, 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 you didn't figure it out already, it was William Howard Taft. And continuing on here, Taft wasn't even scheduled to attend the game that day and only did so to cheer himself up after a tough morning in the Oval Office. Uh, let's see. He had met with a suffragist convention earlier in the day and apparently had not gone well. Taft infamously exclaimed that if women were allowed to vote, power might be exercised by the least desirable person. Oh, I love this. The hostilities he understandably faced soured his day, so he headed to Washington, D.C.'s National Park for a pick-me-up. It was a beautiful spring day. The hometown senators were set to play the Philadelphia Athletics in front of a sold-out crowd. Before the game, Senators manager Jimmy McAleer got the bright idea for Taft to toss out the first ball, while McAleer wanted star pitcher Walter Johnson to catch the throw. The shy reserved Johnson. Uh, I don't know the wording there. Reserved John. Oh, okay. Johnson, who was shy, declined the offer. Instead, catcher Gabby Street was chosen to receive the job. Lob. Okay, not job. So there you go. There's the answer. The first on the first day of the nineteen ten season, William Howard Taft became the first president to throw a ceremonial for first pitch. Okay, so the bonus clues or bonus answers beyond this. Oh, and I was gonna mention I think I would have been able to get it because I I know that McKinley was president for a turn of the century, but that he was assassinated shortly after, I think at Cleveland. And I knew that Teddy took over for McKinley. And Teddy served basically two terms, I think. So who would have been around in 1910? Knowing that Wilson was president during World War I, 1914 to 1918-19, there had to be someone in between. So Taft made sense. I think I would have been able to get that. I'm definitely, I'm a little bit fuzzy on my presidents, basically late 19th century. But then from there, like, well, and let's be honest, like, I don't know my, pretty much outside of Civil War stuff, you know, from like 10 to 16, 10 to 15, I'm not great either. Uh, uh, in terms of, you know, which number president were you? And then after Grant, I'm fuzzy too, from like 19 to 25 or whatever that would be. So anyways, uh, our, our bonus clues here, our bonus questions. Since then, every president besides these two have thrown at least one ceremonial first pitch for opening day or the All-Star Game, or the World Series while in office. So I'm looking for the two, and there, there, there's some context here. 
this you have to have been a sitting president while you threw out the first pitch at opening day all-star game or world series so basically what i'm getting at is these two guys have both thrown out first pitches um at a game of of some sort um but not while they were sitting president one was before they became president and one was after okay so you got to tell me who the two were we've narrowed it down because you know that it's after 1910 but beyond that i understand there's not many not much more for context clues so uh here here's your first big clue for both of them they're both alive okay so that narrows it down to gosh like five people basically maybe even four i'm not sure so both of these guys are alive um both were relatively unpopular uh for the most part and that should really help uh, while they were president for the most part that should really help you narrow it down um different parties one democrat one republican and uh one, uh, they've both been in the news recently, okay? I think that's about as, as much as I can narrow it down without just giving you stupid easy clues. So they've both been in the news uh, for very different reasons. Okay, so that should probably pretty much give it away. I don't think Clinton or George W. or Barack have been in the news all that much recently. So your two answers here. Again, these are presidents who never threw out a, a ceremonial first pitch while at like an all-star game or a World Series or opening day while they were president. Jimmy Carter, who of course uh, was Democrat, wasn't super popular, and has been in the news because he's going to hospice. And then of course our good friend DJ T, Donald Trump, who has been in the news uh, yesterday for very, or was in the news yesterday for very different reasons. And going back to last week's um Last week's uh, right on cue was very apropos. We talked about the whole Gwyneth Paltrow thing. Apparently, they ruled in her favor, and she got paid $1, so good for Gwyneth. I don't think Chris Martin's going to see any of that money. And then, of course, uh, the last part of right on cue last week was that Donald J. Trump was going to be indicted, but then he wasn't, and no one knew what was going on. Well, yesterday, he finally was. So that kind of ties a little bow on last week's news show. If you missed that episode of Right on Q, you can go to beantownpodcast.com slash right-on-q, and uh, it'll be up there eventually. Guys, that's what I had for you. A storm is coming. The skies have gotten very cloudy, very gray, uh, very spooky. We're going to shutter the windows and uh, hunker down here, hunker and bunker. My name is Quinn David Furness. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be back next week with a very popular episode, something I think I look forward to, and hopefully you do to our Easter special. We, you know, we could do anything. We could talk Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston, Easter baskets, bunnies. We could do a in-depth kind of rabbit special. There's so much we can do. So I hope you dye some eggs. I hope you get some palm leaves this Sunday. You might listen to Scott Joplin's palm leaf rag. You could ride a donkey, whatever you want to do. Just stay safe, stay sane, play some outro music, because my name is Queen David Furness, and I'll check in on you next time. Bye.